This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today we're going to be continuing on the Will of God series. I have been tremendously blessed through this uh, study, and I hope that the hearers um, will feel the same way. So today, we're going to be talking about the will of God for my marriage and my family. Now, it's a, I realize it's a sort of um, expanded subject because we have two parts. We have the marriage and the family but I, I feel like the marriage and the family go together. So if you have a, uh, uh, an upright marriage, a pure marriage, a holy marriage, a loving marriage, and a caring marriage, that uh, seeps through that, the marriage covenant and into uh, the environment of the family. So with that said, uh, I want to open with Proverbs 18. Chapter uh, Proverbs, verse chapter eighteen and verse twenty-two. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. So, a man that finds a wife has found favor with the Lord. So that marriage uh, is quite literally the favor of God in a man's life. Um, Hebrews uh, 13 and 4, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. So a holy and a pure marriage, um, it's, it's, it's honorable. It's, it's the favor of God. Um, that's not to mean that you won't have conflicts. You're going to have conflicts. You're going to have misunderstandings because here's the thing. You're not ever going to get away from the human factor. Um, people are people and uh Emotions are emotions. Nine times out of ten, men are less emotional than women. Um, I mean, that's that's a fact. That's not. That's just a reality, um, and that doesn't make women less than men. Okay, um, women play a role in the family, in the church, uh, that a man cannot play. Women are naturally more. Uh, uh, nurturing and, and, and caring and, and loving in, in a way that a man cannot be. Now, uh, God created man and woman different. And it's important that we look at it from that way. Um, there has to be a distinction between the sexes. Um, you know, you run into in our society where women are taking on the roles of the men and we have a lot of homes where there are, are uh, fatherless children and the mother has to try to assume the role of the father and the mother. It doesn't work. Not the way it should. I'm not condemning um, single uh, mothers. Um, life happened wasn't right, it wasn't fair, uh, it shouldn't have happened the way it happened, uh, but here's the thing, God doesn't love you any less because you have gone through these um, these trying times or these situations, and you just got to do your very best um, to lead your children in the Word of God and lead them in a, in, in a home 
um, where God is the center, not video games, not sports, not um, uh, social events, but but God. God's got to be the center. So those are church events. Those are uh, um, you know fellowship with with the body of Christ. That's digging into the Word of God. That's family prayer time. That's making sure that God is at the center of your life. So now you can see a little bit how uh, the marriage and the family kind of coincide. They go together. Um, I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, starting in verse 1. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Verse 4, the wife has not power over her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power over his own body, but the wife. So that means, um, obviously, you've entered a covenant, a marriage covenant, you're holding uh, each other in high esteem. You're respecting one another. You're you're caring for the needs and 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 the desires of each other. And and the interesting thing is, most marriages, you will have, uh, whether it's the husband or the wife, one will have certain gifts that really complement the other. So just something, food for thought there. Um, and in verse 5, defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time. Defraud ye not one another. So that means don't don't hold back from um, intimate times with each other um, unless you have consented for a time to give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then you'll be able to come together again after that um, designated time um, so that way Satan doesn't tempt you with... Uh, with your incontinency. So, really interesting portion of Scripture here. It's important to know that the husband and the wife, not one is not greater than the other, but they are. it's a team. They stand side by side, leading the home. The father supplies and supports and cares for the family, not only working... Bible says that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. So a man needs to work. So and and he needs to be the example of of a man that supplies for the needs of the home. When he comes home from work, it can't be just uh, a monotonous thing. He should come home and love his wife and love his children, uh, the woman, the carer of the home. This. And, and if you're in a situation where the husband and the wife work uh, secular jobs or even work in the ministry, we've got to remember that we still have to make time for the family. We have to make time for those children. As your uh, children are growing older, uh, we don't want them to resent their parents because they didn't spend time with them. That was one of the biggest things for me personally. I was working a job. I was making a very 
uh, hefty salary. Um, and and uh, yeah, we were taken care of and it was great, but I was working all the time. I was not seeing my children. Uh, I was missing time away from church. So two of the biggest things, the two most important things in my life were, were being infringed upon. And... I, I sure I could have I could have waited it out and and saw where that path led but I wasn't comfortable missing church. I wasn't comfortable when I came home one day uh and my daughter came up to me and told me, "Daddy, you never do what you say you're going to do." And so something had to change. So that time they need that time. Children need that time with their mother and their father. And they need to see a healthy relationship between their parents. Because if they're ever going to find uh, a significant other in their life, you want them to model it after a healthy model of a relationship. So uh, the pastor and the pastor's wife um, that relationship, uh, the mother and the father, those relationships, they want, they're, they're going to model or set expectations for their lives based on those experiences. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and Christ is the savior of the body so wives submit yourselves to your husbands so I here's the thing do what your husband tells you to do and I'm not trying this is not this is not a sexist statement um, this is not uh, uh I don't want this to come off wrong. But this is Bible. This is what the Bible says. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Um, So if, for instance, um, if your father tells you to do something a certain way, but your husband, who you're married to, says to do something a different way, uh, submit yourselves to your own husband. Your own husband. As long as he is living according to the word of God. um, And what he's asking you to do. Does not step outside of the bounds. Or the confines of scripture. And uh, Christian living. And Christian morals. And Christian ideals. Then then do that. Because that's the right thing to do. Uh, There's a portion of scripture where it talks about. the uh, The believing wife. Will save the unbelieving husband. Because of your example. Your example in your life and how you live according to Scripture can save a husband that doesn't believe like you believe. And sometimes that's a process and that, that takes time. But your example, that's one of the biggest things in the life of a Christian, not just in the home. Not just in the home, but your life. And there are too many uh, people that they'll go to church and they'll play the part while they're in church but the moment they step outside of that church facility or away from the people that they connect with at church they go home and they act a different way they say well um for instance if family is in town 
and we just decide we're not going to go to church because we've got family visiting uh, from out of state or uh, from out of the country or whatever it is. We have family visiting, so we're just not going to go to church. See, that's the wrong approach because, first of all, you're setting that standard for your children. Your children will see in your life by things of that nature what really was important. How important is the house going to the house of God to you? So it's important. What, what's the will of God? What's the will of God for, for, my, for, my, uh, for my marriage? What's the will of God for my family? The will of God for your marriage is to be one with your spouse. It's to be connected with your spouse, not to uh, create these connections uh, with the opposite sex and, and um, build relationships um, or, and friendships. And, and because then you're, then you're putting yourself in a dangerous position. And so communication, communication and talking to each other. What's the will of God uh, for my marriage? It's wives submit to your husbands. Husbands love your wives. Don't resent your wives. Love them. Don't come home from work and be completely exhausted from work and just want to go into your own world. Spend time with your wife. Wives respect the husband. Tremendous book. I highly recommend um, Love and Respect. Uh, it's an incredible book. Uh, as I was reading it, it, and it's just, it's a great book. Um, and I've studied, I, I've read, I mean, I wouldn't say hundreds, but I've read, you know, up into the 50s um, of books on marriages and Christian marriages and, and, and how that works. And because I was, there was a point in my life where I was really struggling I was newly married and I was struggling from changing my lifestyle from a bachelor or a single person into uh, being married and into that role of being a husband. And you just see, and, and, and you've got to be willing to sacrifice. Some things are going to have to change. You're going to have to start doing some things a different way. And sometimes that takes diligence, that takes commitment. That's what marriage is all about. It's about commitment. It's about not only showing the love of Christ to the church through how you treat your wife, not to just your children, not just to your family, but to the world. So Ephesians 5 and 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives also to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he may present it to himself a glorious church that has not spot or wrinkle, nor any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. This is what I'm talking about. Men, you've got to cherish your wife. Love your wife. Understand that when she is in uh, 
days where she's emotional or more emotional than usual. Just love her. Be there. You know, I'm learning that sometimes my wife just wants me to listen to her. And she doesn't expect me to say anything. She just wants to talk. She just wants to tell me about her day. She just wants to tell me about um, things that, that have happened or how she's feeling. And sometimes she'll ask for my input or my opinion. But oftentimes she just wants to talk to me. She wants that connection with me. And so I, must, I have to understand, even though, I, yes, I'm a man. I look at things from a different perspective. She's not expecting me to be anything other than what I am. But she just wants, she wants that connection. She wants that relationship. So love your wife. Because if you love your wife, you love yourself. And if you love yourself, you love your wife. Because no man hates his own flesh. So we've got to nourish our relationship with our wife. We've got to cherish our relationship with our wife. I wonder the men that are listening. I wonder if you could think about this for a second. Imagine if your wife was gone tomorrow. Could you say how you've treated her in her role as wife and mother and keeper of the home? Have you treated her right? Can you say that she, she would have felt cherished? And loved and nourished. And I wonder the women that are listening if your husband was gone tomorrow, would you be able to say that you respected him as a man? You respected him as the provider of the home. You respected him as the spiritual leader and spiritual authority. Would you be able to say that he felt that way? So it's important that we're bringing it to this level to, and into our, not only our own understanding, but to a level where together, we have that togetherness, and we're both working in our God-given role in the home. We're members of his bodies, verse 30, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So they become one. When you get married, you become one. You're one. That's why these, why extramarital relationships and, and uh, uh, fornication, they create these uh, ties, these connections to people, um, and that, and this is why our culture would do good to understand. Uh, so when they ha- when they have relationships outside of marriage, and they connect intimately and. and um, then they break up and they're going to always be connected to that person. So it's important that, you know, we're being an example to our children and our family 
and we're respecting and loving and caring for our spouse. So God created a clear distinction between man and woman. And this, we're living in an age uh, that is trying to blur the lines between biological sex. And, and so it's imperative that the church remains full of the Holy Ghost and that we be steadfast in the Word of God and we be an example. Men, live in your God-given role. Women, live in your God-given role. Because we are the church and we as the church in our marriages, we need to show Christ's love in our home to our spouses. And so that the world can see that marriage relationship that Christ desires between him and the church. So we should be distinct in our dress. Men ought to look like men and women ought to look like women. We've got to defy the blurred lines. And we've got to be faithful to what God has created you to be. First uh, Peter 3, 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. If you've been praying for some things, men, and it ain't been coming to pass, check your relationship with your wife. Check your relationship with your spouse. But weaker vessel here doesn't mean lesser vessel. Because we are created equal in the sight of God. The woman is not less than the man. And the man is not greater than the woman. They stand side by side in Christ. So I'm just reiterating that. Um, and so when we're talking about the family. we Yes. If we were going to have a healthy family. We need to have a healthy marriage. A healthy relationship. Again, I'm not, this is not to condemn uh, single parent homes. Um, because God can, God can bless you and give you what you need to instill and connect you with people so that they can still uh, receive what they need to aspire for healthy relationships. Uh, but... And that's why we need to be willing to have those connections um, in the church body with each other and that we can build each other up. Because you're not here for just yourself. You're here for the edification of the body of Christ. You have gifts and abilities that are for the edification of the body of Christ, not just yourself. And... We want to make sure that through it all, that God is at the very center. That God is at the very center of our life, our home, our marriages. Because if God is truly at the center of our marriages, then we'll live according to the Word of God and we'll do what the Word of God says. We will love our spouse. We will honor our spouse. We will respect our spouse we will respect our children we will love our children 
And raising children is hard. It's hard. (laughs) But God will give you the tools to make it through. And when you're in difficult situations, take some time to pray about it. God will give you what you need. He will help you handle those situations with your children. So gather with your spouse in a time of prayer to talk about the hard situations you're facing with your kids and ask God to give you what you need to direct your children to stay the course, to live for God, because we don't want them being resentful. Provoke not your children to wrath. So we've just got to make sure that we're giving God our very best, not just at church, but in the home as well. We just can't be only Sunday Christians or Sunday and Wednesday Christians. We've got to be everyday Christians. We've got to set that example and that precedent for our kids. So, that's really all I have have for this episode. This is, what is God's will for my marriage and my family? And this sort of section, I'm going to talk a little bit about courtship. Uh, because it's important that through the process of courtship, that you have, first of all, spent a lot of time in prayer. You've got to pray and make sure that the person you're about to marry or the person that you're dating is the right person for you. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows the thoughts that he has towards us. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Thoughts of good and not of evil. So God wants to give us good things, not evil things. He wants to give us uh, the relationship that we need to fulfill our kingdom purpose. People that, a relationship that will um, not draw us away from our callings, but will empower us in our calling. So when you're looking for a significant other, it's difficult as a young person uh, to find the right person because, first of all, you're not grown. And there's a, you've got a lot of life to live. So pray. Pray about it. If you feel like God is directing you towards somebody, pray about it. And then when you feel that that peace, talk to your your parents, your father and your pastor. Find out what their thoughts are. Because here's the thing. They could look real good. But if they're not doing things, if they're not spending time in prayer in the church and at home, and they're not doing certain things like paying their tithes, you're going to have a hard life. You're going to have a hard life because if you don't pay your tithes, you bring a curse onto yourself and your family. And and I'm telling you, it will be difficult to 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 live financially. It'll be difficult to have your bills paid because 
the longer that you don't pay your tithes and give your offerings, the more the devourer can come in and it feels like ends just don't meet. But when you commit to God that no matter what you give, the first fruits of your increase, you give your tithes, you give your offerings with a cheerful heart as unto the Lord, not out of necessity, but because God gave it to you and you want to give something back. It's all his. He has it all. And you can do more with that 90% than you would be able to do with the 100%. I assure you. So it's important that when you're looking for a significant other, um, that you talk to your pastor, their pastor, their parents, your parents, assuming they're in church. If they're not in church, they could potentially give you their blessing, uh, but it could not be the right person for you to marry. Um, another thing that you've got to be aware of is that you're asking for trouble. If you're dating somebody outside of the church, it's not going to be easy uh, to maintain that relationship. And they will p- try attempt to bring you... And you can say, well, I can save them. No, only God can save them. And it's the spirit that draws all men. And so it's important that you first make sure that they're living for God. Because if they're not living for God, you're going to have a hard life. It's going to be a hard marriage. Um, and you're, you're not, you, won't, you won't be the only person that suffers. Your children will suffer. And your relationship with God will suffer. And so when we're keeping God at the very center of our life, then all those other things sort of fade into the background because he's in control and he's our hope and he's our strength. So if you're looking, uh, make sure, make sure that when altar call is going on, are they praying? If they're not at the altar praying, whether it's at altar call or praying for other people or even throughout the service or in pre-service prayer. and and There's got to be a steadfast example in prayer. If they don't have that, you don't want to be with them. I don't care how good they look. I don't care what their resume is. I don't care how much money they make. You'll have a hard life. If God is not the center... God has got to be the most important thing. And you say, well, that's a little, that's a little uh, outside of my comfort zone to uh, sort of get into those personal intimate details. But here's the thing. If they really love God and they really love you, they'll do the right thing. And not just to get you. They'll do the right thing to do the right thing. Because they know that God is always watching. And so it's just, it's just important. It's just important uh, that when you're looking for... Who are you going to spend the rest of your life with? Because that's the thing. Marriage is till death do us part. 
Culture does not say that. Culture says until I get bored. Culture says it's only until uh, I get uh, sick of you or till you get sick. But it's till death do us part. It, when you enter into a marriage covenant, it's not just till you find out something you don't like about them. It's not just till you find out that their past, they might not have been who they said they were. It's till death do us part. And so when you're looking for who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, pray fast. Don't date new converts. You need to give them time to get to know Jesus before they worry about getting to know you. That goes for men and women. Let them... Let them grow in Christ. Let them be what God has called them to be. Allow that to flourish before you interject yourself and your feelings and your emotions and your attraction to them. A lot of times we, we, we rush this. We rush this, this, this courtship stage. We rush this getting to know each other. Um, and what we should spend at least a year dating, courting, getting to know each other, praying together, spending time together with each other's families, making sure that it's right, making sure that it's of God, making sure that that's what God desires for your life. Because God gave us each a calling. Some people are called to be pastors and preachers, and some women are called to be pastors' wives and missionaries and have ministries. And here's the thing. You can't look for somebody just because of that. Well, he's a good preacher, and I'm called to be a pastor's wife. No, you're going about it the wrong way. God could give you somebody who hasn't accepted their calling yet. Think about that. So it's not always about how you perceive it or what you think. You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Allow God to give you who he wants for you that will complement your gifts, that will complement your calling, that will complement your life. That's really all I've got to say um, on this episode. I, I hope, I hope that um, I'm not just rambling. I hope that this episode blesses somebody. Share it with your friends. Share it with with those uh, that you're connected with. Share it with uh, your 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 friends and those that uh, you and your significant other are connected with. Share it. Share it. Share it. Share it. Share it with your single friends. Share it with everybody. Let's live according to the Word of God. Let's let's live in a way that that Christ shines through us in our marriages, in our homes, in our families. And that the world can see it because we're a light. We're a light. We have the light of God in us. We have the Spirit of God in us. Let's show that to the world. Let's do the right thing. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. 
We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.